Welcome to episode 26 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Lilith Tea Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Benny. Benny, how's your week, buddy? Oh, week's great, man. You know how it is. Um, yeah, I guess just more turmoil. Um, it's kind of shitty, but uh, it's like crazy. I, are, do you think the United States is <clears throat> the most divided it's ever been right now? Um, hmm. That's a that's an excellent question, um, because if you look back, you, when you look back, well, no, we did fight a civil war, so that was that was probably more divided than, than this. Yeah, but I, I'm almost wondering if 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 like less happened in a civil war than like in a social media war. Well, the thing, yeah, the thing about a civil war is like they just they like they got down to it. You know, they just, they fucking did it. They, instead of, you know, what we're doing right now is it's two guys chirping each other across from the, the, across the bar, but neither of them are doing anything. The civil war was, you know, a couple guys went outside and said, you know, let's just settle this and, and have a go. But, um, I mean, definitely in recent history, you know, if you go, if you go back, um, obviously you had the, the race riots of the early nineties out in Los Angeles and I think Miami and Chicago and shit. And then, um, you go back to the seventies, the protests of the Vietnam war, you know, the late sixties and seventies, the protests of the Vietnam war. Um, and then obviously the civil rights movement. Um, so, but in our lifetime, yeah, probably, I would say this is definitely the most divided the country's ever been since we've been alive. I guess I, I, I'm more just curious, like at what, like what will be the, um, like what will be the final straw, you know, like the straw that breaks the camel's back for like, and then like what would happen? Because I feel like, like the last civil war was like, you know, it was the North versus the South. Right. You know what I mean? Like what, what would this, there would be like, I don't know, 150 different armies fighting each other in this new war, you know, between the, the gays, the LGBTQs, um, you know, uh, the white supremacists, the whatever everyone calls sure. all these groups, you know what I mean? There's a list of a thousand of them. You know what I mean? Like, so where, like, what, would it just be utter chaos? Like really actually like a, um, like an Armageddon type thing? Like, I, like, dude, I'm I think, well, I think, yeah, I think it would be because like the thing about the civil war was like, it, it there was at least like, a noble cause behind it, right? It was like, didn't everyone you know, even wear the same fucking shit, like red versus blue or something? Yeah, yeah, it was the Union versus the Confederacy. Um, you know, so there was there was like some nobility in that, in that like you know, one side was fighting for you know the 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 freedom of black people, um, and the other side was was fighting for the opposite and protecting their you know their crops and their free labor and all that stuff, but like that was one that was a singular cause versus a singular cause, maybe some other like, like less significant things that they were fighting for where now the attention is always shifting. Right. And, and I, it's funny, you should bring this up. Cause like I've been getting triggered online lately and I just have to like fucking like keep myself from like getting into it with people online. Um, but that's the thing about it is this isn't just one singular thing right now. Yes, it is the, you know, the, the senseless murder of black people by police officers. But if you bring that up, then it jumps to something else, right? Then it jumps to something else and something else. And it's, 
you know, there's a million different issues right now and nobody agrees on any of them. And the country gets more and more divided. And the, the problem is, and you, you mentioned this a few weeks ago about how Elon Musk, you know, tweeted that the left is losing the middle. It's like both sides are losing the middle because all you see online are people on the far right or the far left posting, which divides everybody else. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a centrist who, who leans maybe slightly right and you just see all this like, you know, super far left wing agenda getting crammed down your throat, you're just going to start to move further towards the right because you're like, I don't agree with all that stuff, but you're telling me I have to agree with you. So I'm going to go further the opposite way. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's just like, uh, I, I mean, obviously <clears throat> it's the weirdest time of our lives. I don't know. Also though, like, do you think it has to do with us being more like, you know, like members of society in terms of like, you know, when we were like, you know, up until 20, you know, five, you know, when we're just like kind of, being those young adults that haven't really like caught on yet. Yep. So like, are you more oblivious then? Like, has this shit kind of always been happening or is this like completely, you know what I mean? Is this like new and different? Cause I mean, I um, would say it's like, it's new, but I, I'm also just, I don't want to, I don't want to like say that I've been completely focused on this. I mean, not even that I'm focused on it, but it's more just like, it's so prevalent, you know? It's so yeah. in your well, face. You know, ben, it's, it's not so much that, yes, I mean, I think that has something to do with it. You know, I think when we were 24, 25, it's not like we were paying full attention to everything that was going on in the world. Um, it's now the access mainstream media has to get in front of your face, right? It's the dissemination of information. You know, back then, Instagram was relatively new. You know, Twitter had been around, but it wasn't used in the same way. You know, Snapchat was relatively new. You know, Facebook was still really rel relevant back then to, you know, our generation. Now it's just relevant to our parents' generation, I guess. Um, so I think it's more that the news cycle has gone from being a 24-hour news cycle to a 10-second news cycle. It's, it's you know, it's like that, uh, that Denzel Washington uh, quote I posted on my Instagram, however many months ago, you know, um, if you read the newspaper, I'm sorry, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you're misinformed, but it's what he says after that, that it's not about being right anymore. The mainstream media has no, like, there's no onus for them to be right. Where in the fifties and sixties, they would make sure they had a story dead to rights before they reported it. Now they just report it and the details are constantly changing. I mean, you see it all the time whenever there's a you know, a bombing or, or school shooting or something like that, it, it'll come out right away that 90 people died. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, it's, you know, 42 people died. And then an hour after that, it's 27 people dead, 13 people. And, you know, they don't get the numbers right. And it's not because they're not trying. It's because they just need to get the information out because their competitors doing the exact same thing. So us now as 31 year olds, yes, we're paying more attention, but it's also, we're having the information crammed down our throat more and there's more agenda now. There's more of a political bias from whomever, whoever is posting it. You know, it's either they're posting it with their opinion and their point of view. There's no unbiased posting of information anymore. Like if you read anybody's post on, on anything political, you can tell right away which way they lean, you know, because there's no, there's no unbiased information anymore. 
Um, so I think it's a kind of a culmination of a bunch of different things. Um, okay. Now moving on from there in terms of like, still, I guess on the same thing, like, like we've always talked about, we're, we're not a political podcast, but at all, but for someone like me who is completely not into politics, right. I don't have any sort of like affiliation on my Facebook. Um, I've never talked about politics on my Facebook. Right. Mm-hmm. But yet, if I scroll through my Facebook, which I try not to, but I do have it, you know, for Facebook marketplace, dude, all it is currently is like, um, it sees, it sees Joe Biden, um, ads mm-hmm. that are saying, and every single one is like, it's, it's like shows like Joe Biden at like, whatever this even means, you know what I mean? Joe Biden at 48%. Donald Trump at 49%. Mm-hmm. And it says, and it says, um, uh, we're just not seeing the numbers. Um, you know, he's ahead of us right now. Um, but with a small donation from you, you know, like we can yep. get, we can get by him and we can do this together or whatever the fuck it says. You know what I mean? Sure. And obviously just, I report the ad every time because <laughs> that's the right thing to do. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then I, meaning like, you know, I would report the other side too, but dude, the other side doesn't ever come through. It's just. Well, you're getting, tar- literally- you're getting targeted ads. There's there. <laughs> cause I've seen, it's, it's funny you should mention that. Cause I get, I get those Biden ads on Facebook too. Like, you know, we're outfunded, we need money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, I'll go on YouTube and I'll get Donald Trump ads. So you know, it really is kind of based on the content you consume and the people you follow. So like, if you're not active on Facebook, I, this is an assumption, they'll probably look at your, like who you're friends with and they'll, you know, see which kind of way they lean and assume you kind of lean the same way and then show you those like political ad, those targeted political ads, um, you know, like geared towards that side of things. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fucking... It's a cesspool, man. It's a cesspool. Yeah, dude. And it's like, ugh, it's, it's, I don't know. Now it's getting to the point where it, it, everything, you know, it's like everything is about this election now. You know, is that what it is every year, though? Is it always, or every election year? Yeah, like see, this like, year worse than ever? Yeah, that's the thing. I was thinking about that the other day, too. It's like, I don't remember. 16 that much you know obviously biden and mitt romney and then uh 2012 um two wait a second wait it's 2020 2016 2012 um barack versus like uh john mccain or something or was that the first oh 16 was trump hillary jesus that's what fucked me up uh 2012 was uh was obama versus romney and then uh, 2008 was Obama McCain. And I remember paying attention to no way because obviously Obama was running, you know, first black president, all that shit. And ironically, or interestingly enough, I was in Sweden in September of 2008. So two months before the, uh, not even a month and a half before the election. And all these like Swedish kids that I was hanging out with, it was all they cared about was like, is Obama going to win? And I, you know, just was like, yeah, he's going to win. He's a, he's an, you know, well-spoken black guy who, you know, 
seems cool and all this shit. And John McCain's a stuffy old white dude that nobody likes. Like, of course Obama's going to win. And I, but they asked me about it a lot. So I remember I paid a little bit of attention in 08. And then 12, I didn't really pay attention because it seemed like Obama was going to win again. 16, I paid a little bit of attention because I thought it was, you know, kind of comical that like those are the two candidates we had to choose from was Hillary Clinton, who's, you know. Right, like 16 became the, 16 became the year of like, okay, we're living in a Hollywood movie. Right, right. And like, I don't care what anybody <clears throat> says. You can sit here and try and tell me that Hillary Clinton would do a better job. There's, there's, there's concrete evidence that she would not have. Um, and, and then obviously this year. So I guess I really just think it's, it's all just amplified by our access to information. Um, I, I really do think that's what it is. And you've got, you've got political bias now where like the news isn't the news anymore. It's the news with somebody else's opinion or some network's opinion on it, you know? And a lot of that comes from <clears throat> the fact that, you know, cable news has sponsors, man. You know, CNN has sponsors. Fox News has sponsors. There's, they're, they're advertisers. These are companies that pour millions of dollars a year into these news programs. You know, they're going to dictate what you can say. That's, it's... It's the same thing that goes on in the government with lobbyists. You know, they're going to dictate what, what can be done by, you know, the money they put into it. At, at the end of the day, it's what we went back to a few weeks ago. This is why you get fucking rich, because when you're rich, your money can talk for you. Fuck, dude. I, I mean, I don't know at what point it just starts to get like, uh, you know. Or you get rich scary. enough where you can go live in the woods and just ignore all of it, you know. True. True. I like that angle. I really like that angle right there. I mean, here's um, the thing, man. There's, I see no. But then, points. then, I'm, okay. Sorry, I'll go ahead. Whatever you want. Go ahead. Go for go it. Ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. But then, like, you get rich enough to live in the woods, and then you still have to, like, oh, where are you gonna live? You know what I mean? Well, you need to be on land that's, you know what I mean? Like, oh sure. I was talking more you about know, you know buying like a cabin still... and doing all that shit. <clears throat> No, I know that, but I'm saying even, you know, like you can't even go and like get a house in the woods anymore, you know, because you'd have to purchase the land, you know what I mean? Sure. You'd have to pay taxes on the land or be like, you know, I guess, I guess you could just go build a cabin way out in the fucking boonies, like, like, or find a bus, like, you know, into the wild guy. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, though. I cut you off. Um, no, I, oh, 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 I was going to say it was like, I just, I truly believe this. Like, people who waste their time, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. People who spend time um, or all their time focusing on the elections and politics and, and politicians and all that shit, I think they're just wasting their time. I think it's a total waste of time and energy and it's partially why I'm mad at myself that I've let people trigger me online and not even about politics. Like this morning I was on Twitter. I saw some guy post something that was ridiculous. It was about, it was about something like Jeff Bezos is now worth $200 billion and Oh no, I'm sorry. It was about the federal reserve rate. You know, the fed has come out and said that they're going to keep interest rates around zero for the foreseeable future, which is good for the stock market. It's good for people buying houses. It's, it's good for the major banks and major corporations and allows them cheap capital. Um, in the long term, it could be really bad because of inflation and shit, but nevertheless, 
Um, so it was a post about the Federal Reserve keeping interest rates low, and somebody commented on it. Um, you know, well, uh, oh, it said, I'm, I'm sorry, it said at the bottom of that guy's tweet, it said, um, you know, this is great for the one percent, you know, because they're in the stock market. And somebody replied to the tweet and said, yeah, it's also good for the fifty-two percent of Americans that have four hundred one k's or some, you know, form of their money in the stock market. And somebody replied to that one, and this is where I got triggered and said. Oh yeah, figures you take. You'd rather gamble on the stock market than take a guaranteed social security check. That's why you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, dude, like, and he said, I hope you have your money in when the next 1920 or um, 2008 happens. First of all, the stock market crashed in 1929. It wasn't 1920. Secondly, that's the exact mentality why most people will not like achieve anything in their life. If you view the stock market as a gamble, you're not going to fucking get rich. And and I'm not like saying that because now we, you and I invest in all that shit. Like if you go back and look at the last hundred years of the S and P 500, it's only gone up. If you go back and you know, look at the Dow Jones historically, it only goes up. Yeah. There's going to be years where it's down and you lose money, but it is still the best vehicle to grow your money. I bet you that guy who sent that tweet has all of his money in a savings account. He can have a hundred thousand dollars in there and he'll get back 270 bucks this year on his hundred grand. Like, you know, and it just, at that really fucking triggered me. Yeah, man. Invest in appreciating assets. You got to beat inflation. Well, right. Cause that, well, that's it. That's an interesting thing that you bring up. It's like, it's not necessarily about, growing your money, you know, so that you can retire. It's about if you don't beat inflation, you're losing money. Like every year you will lose money. Your money will become less and less valuable. Um, I just, I, I just, I think it's like bred into people that like things like the stock market are risky, like re risky vehicles for investment. And like, I think that's why so many people never touch it. But like, I also think that's like intentionally done that way, intentionally made to intimidate people. Like, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. We've talked about it before, man. Or it's just like, you know, which we've also talked about, like, you know, for example, like my dad go like one time, you know, watches a stock and, yeah, and right. it's, it's going up through the roof and he buys it. And then it, you know, boom, it's like no good. Like then right there, that just like turns someone yep. off, yep. you know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, of course, I bet you a lot of people got turned off when this, you know, recent kind of dip just happened, Sure. you know, and same thing. They're, they're going to say the same thing. Oh, you know, I'm fucking done with the stock market, yada, yada, yada. Whereas had you just left your position, you know, during that tough time, you know, kept your position, you know, maybe even bought a little bit more or something like you'd be fucking jamming right now, you know? Dude. And it's just like, I, uh, I was talking to a guy that works in one of my accounts and he's a nice enough dude, but he's around our age. He advised his dad to take all of his money out of his 401k in March when the market hit the bottom. And now I bet she looks like a fucking moron because he paid 20% tax on that. He didn't have to pay the 10% early withdrawal fee because that got waived. But you took your money out at a loss. And then all that's happened since the bottom in March 
S&P 500 has hit new all-time highs. The NASDAQ is up like 27% for the fucking year. The Dow Jones is now positive for the year. Like they came all the way back. I, I texted you the other day at the end of May, or I'm sorry, in the middle of May, I was down 29% for the year. Now, a lot of that was like a couple bad options deals I had done or whatever, but I was down 29% for the year. As of right now, I'm up, um, I think it was 32% at market close yesterday for the year. Let's see, uh, up 29.8% for the year. That's right, Apple pulled back a little bit yesterday. 29.8% for, so it's a 50, it's a 60 point swing. And I didn't do that much, you know, like, so the point being is that like, it's still the best fucking vehicle for your money, man. Just put your fucking money in and don't touch it, you know? Yeah, man. And then it fucking all, it all comes down to that too. You know what I mean? Like there, every single person in this world has their own opinion. Right. But it's just like, and then you can tell like, a lot of times based on opinion, like someone's like financial standing almost, you know what I mean? And it's just like fucking, you know, you can tell the people who are, you know, looking for handouts and, you know, don't want to work and fucking COVID this COVID that, you know what I mean? Anything to, to just fit the narrative of, of, oh, I don't have to do anything and I can try to, you know, whatever. But then it's just like the same, I guess, people are almost like, it's also like, you know, the issue because then they're like the most manipulated, you know, it's like the most like, they're the ones that become whatever, violent protesters. And I don't, I don't mean it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. Like, I don't mean it like that, but I just mean like, you know, if there was more people who had like a little fucking care, you know, about life, I feel like there'd be less chaos because, you know, everyone's just like stuck or, you know, trapped. And then they feel like, well, fuck it. You know, there's no, there's no rules. And then it just becomes like what we're living in, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you know, to be honest with you, people like you and I need people like that, you know, and that's just the simple fact of the matter. It's a constant reminder for us, you know, to not be it, not like violent protesters forever, the quote unquote peaceful protesters, but the people who have no, um, you know, no desire to really like achieve or go after anything in life. You know, I think about those people a lot. And like, I think about them in the sense of like, part of me feels bad for them that, you know, that's the, the position they're at in their life. And so be it. It's what they've chosen. But I also use it as motivation to not be that person. You know, like there was a long period in my life uh, where I really had, I wouldn't say I had no direction, but I didn't have any like, you know, major overarching, um, you know, plan for where I wanted to be. And I think a lot of that was because I was too busy living in the moment and letting myself be distracted from the future. You know, there was too many, too many, you know, things that would make me anxious in my own life that would take up a good portion of my headspace, where if I just lived in the moment and enjoyed myself, I wouldn't think about them. And so I would just kind of live like that. And then, you know, when I, when I, um, well, a couple of times when I moved back from California and then when I'm, you know, a couple of years ago when, when I was like broke down here, 
you know, it really forced me to confront those demons. And instead of running from them and continue to be distracted by them, I like faced them and, and have used it to, you know, move forward. Um, but I think people like you and I have the mental fortitude to do that. I don't think the majority of people have the mental fortitude to get over those hurdles in their own life. It takes a lot of introspection and thinking about who you are as a person to be able to get through shit like that, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. And that's where the fucking pharmaceuticals, you know, the that industry comes in fucking getting just fucking people every which way. It's like, oh, you're sad? Here, take this. You'll be more sad in two years, I promise. You know? Yeah. But, but like, oh, here, take this. You'll be happy. This is what you need. You know? But it's like, no. It's just a sick spiraling fucking snowball rolling down a hill, dude. But, Ben, you know what the part about that is? Is that the majority of people don't know the, like, dirty side to the pharmaceutical industry. They don't think past you know, what's directly in front of their face. I mean, all you have to do is look at the amount of um, diagnoses of ADHD in the last 20 years, you know? Like, when we were kids, you you heard about it. Like, you you would know a kid or two on a river. Dude, I can't believe you just said that. Because for the first time in a long, long time, I, I mean, actually, maybe the first time ever, I was working yesterday and um, Todd had his little radio going, mm-hmm. but he, he has Pandora, but he has Connecticut number. Okay. So, so he gets his, Connecticut advertisements. Correct. And for the first time, you know, it's always like, you know, like travelers insurance and like, you know, they're always talking about Connecticut stuff. Yesterday they, they did a whole spiel on um, ADHD. They're like, do you, are you suffering from yada, 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 yada? And they were like targeting, you know, adults. So I was like, holy fuck. Like, They're running out of kids. You know, no shit. Yeah, they got all the kids. They're like, god damn. But, I mean, that was very interesting to me. Like, that's like a, you know, now, now we're going with uh, meth ads on, on, on the mainstream media. I love it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, and, and the, you know what the scary part is, is that like, I think a lot of people like enjoy the benefits of something like Adderall. I, to be, to be honest with you, I've, you know, I've, I've got plenty of drug use in, in my history, but you know, Adderall I've only ever done, ironically, I've done it twice and both times while I was just like out, like at a party or going out or whatever. Um, so I never really felt what it's like, you know, sober. And I'm actually kind of like, think that like, it would be okay for me to in, in, um, you know, minor situations because one of the problems with my brain is that it just, it's always going a million miles a minute, right? It's always just constantly jumping from thought to thought and idea to idea. And like, I think that maybe Adderall would be able to like, just focus it, just like drive it down one path. But at the same time, like, I kind of like my brain the way that it is. So I, I you know, desire to do it. Um, but that's just me. And I know it affects everybody differently and some people rely on it. Other people don't. Um, but it's just crazy to me that this disease that, you know, this quote unquote disease that or disorder, whatever you want to call it, that nobody gave a shit about for like all of human history. 
now has got to be one of the number one pharmaceutical drugs and money makers there is every year. Man, it's like it's a trendy drug, dude. Has been for years. You know, it's like it was. I guess you know, whatever, dude. I've, uh, I mean, I've obviously taken it, um, yeah. and I know, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, never been like prescribed or, I mean, anything. I never. I don't really go to the doctor. Fuck that. I um, I wonder what. Um, I wonder if it would be as prevalent with our generation if there wasn't as much pressure put on college, right? Because that was kind of when I remember it, like starting to pop up oh, with yeah, a lot of frequency. Um, was when we were college age. You know, I know somebody I won't say his name, but you know, he was like, all I did in college was take Adderall for like a week leading up to a big test, and then that was it. Like, oh, totally, study, and, and that would be all totally. I do. You know. Been there, um, you know what I mean, and and the like. I almost think about it like, but that's like, it's the vice, or it's whatever. You know what I mean? Because, dude, I mean, I think we've also talked about this before. The pollution that you're doing to your fucking body in college yeah. is just, I mean, it is awful. The, right. the binge drinking, you know what I mean? Like, sure. you are setting your brain up for complete and utter failure. And that's a fact. Like, I don't care what you say because I was a mushy brain hockey player. You know what right. I mean? Like, I was exactly what a college student is meant out to be or whatever. You know what I mean? So then you're like, oh, man, completely whatever, mush. And then you're like, you know, I got I to gotta take this exam. But guess what? Guess what's also like the coolest thing during exam week? The partying. Right. It's just like a double negative every fucking which way you go. Like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? So then you, whatever, take some Adderall to study or like you said, cram for a, a month long exam in one night. Um, you know, and then you go and you, you, you somehow pass the test, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. And it's just like, it almost makes it out to just show you like what a truly just party it is. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Like you, it's obviously like you think they're really trying to, well, actually they probably are. Um, I was talking to someone and, uh, and brought up, uh, you know, a point about like it college admissions officers or not advisors. And they and they were like, I wonder if advisors like truly kind of fuck you over to make you stay, you know what I mean? How many advisors have have been able to grab two extra years off a kid? You know what I mean? Right. Of tuition. You know, for like seeing a vulnerability and like oh, you don't know what you want to major in? Well, here, whatever. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, I got to take two extra years of college because everything was just fucked up. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? And then in that time, you know, whatever. I, I wonder how many of the kids even make, you know, they're like, fuck this, I quit, you know? Or how many it's college just, advisors that have never left the university that, you know, went to the university and just ended up staying and worked at the university 
how, how can you advise somebody on life if you've not lived a life, if your life has been directly surrounded or, or directly correlated and tied into a single university, how can you direct somebody in what direction their life is going to take? Life is so fucking complicated and all the things that you prepare for and all the things <clears throat> that you don't prepare for happen. Who can tell somebody, Hey, yeah, you should take this econ class because it'll be good for you in 10 years. Like, give me a fucking break, man. Like, I don't know. Obviously, you know my stance on college. You know, I'm, I'm a college dropout um, and kind of a proud one nowadays. You know, there's a long time where I was not super proud of it. But hey, um, what's uh, e e um, Tesla doesn't require a degree. No, did and you, Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like a big, big believer in that degree Anti make people dumber. Uh, yeah, he Jack said he Ma from hire Alibaba. Jeff Bezos well, says he doesn't like to hire MBAs either, unless he absolutely has to. Like. You know, these are guys that have built businesses from the ground up. And the reason being is because your professor who's teaching you the class who wrote the fucking book that he's now getting a back end paycheck on because you have to go buy his $300 book, you know, and he's the one teaching you. But how many of those professors have actually put what they've learned into practice? You know, it's very easy to teach something on paper, right? It's I could teach you, you know, I could teach you how to make the, the sauce I'm making right now, right? I could just tell you how to do it. But until you actually learn to do it yourself, you're not going to fully know how to do it. There's only so much you can learn from a book. You have to do it yourself. Um, and we live in a world where like we have this huge rigged game and rigged system of college and, and setting yourself up for years and years of paying down hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. And then you don't even get the experience. You get that after the fact, you know? Right. Totally. It's just like you, you look at the, the, the young kid who has this, you know, the startup and turns it into something massive. And then you look at the kid with the MBA who can't get a job. It's like, right. well, that should fucking be your, you know. And as, as the standard grows, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> when I, when I was in California, I interviewed with um, this company called the Henry wine group. Um, middle to medium large distributor out there and like the thing was is the position i was interviewing for was like an entry-level position right it was like a someone straight out of college job now obviously at that point i was qualified for the job it was if anything i was overqualified for the job but you know the liquor industry is very very um uh you know it's all who you know right that's how the industry works no matter where political. You're in the country, it's political it's all who you know so I was just going for this job because I wanted to just get my foot back in the door and make my own connections and then go from there. Right. I didn't, it wasn't so much the money. I think the job paid like 36 grand, but I, I had saved plenty of money. I had money saved and you know, my living expenses were not crazy expensive. And so uh, I drove up to Burbank from San Diego, which is four and a half hours, you know, on a good day, if there's no traffic. Uh, or well, there will be traffic, but so four hours to get to Burbank from San Diego. I did that on like a Monday morning, right? I left San Diego at 5 a.m. to get there by, by 9, 9.30, something like that. Go through the interview. The woman I interview with calls me the next day and says, hey, can you come back tomorrow to interview with my boss? So sure, drive back up to Burbank on Wednesday. So, you know, I did what? I did 16 hours worth of driving for two interviews with this company, right? The last question, the, the second interview, the woman asked me is, you know, do you have a college degree? And I said, no. I said, uh, you know, I dropped out. I've been working in travel. You know, I was traveling and then, you know, working in the liquor industry, you know, when I was 18 and blah, blah. 
never got a call back. And I, and I hounded them and hounded them and hounded them. And they more or less, I got the first woman I interviewed with to tell me because I didn't have a degree, they wouldn't hire me. And they, so they probably hired some kid fresh out of college, paid him 36 grand, whatever. I had to teach him everything as opposed to me who at the time, you know, I didn't know nearly as much as I do now, but was not, I was not a blank canvas. I had been doing a sales job for three years already at that point. I'd worked for seven years. So like, there are still some people who put stock into college degrees, but I think we're slowly starting to move away from that, which, you know, is a good thing. I think less people will get looked over. And, and my situation was, I wasn't, I didn't go to college cause I couldn't afford to. Um, but there are a lot of people who can't go to college cause they can't fucking afford to. It doesn't make them any less smart. You know, as Joe Biden would say, you know, poor kids are just as smart as rich or white kids. <laughs> hey, yeah, that, that, he said it. Not, not you or I. <laughs> um, that's so fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But it, you know, it truly goes to show you. And then, and then it's like the woman interviewing you. Like, no offense, lady, but like, what the fuck have you done? You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, it's like. But it, it yeah. You know, it, it goes how you, how you view it. Right. Cause I could have very easily like, let that be like, you know, discouraging and all that stuff. And when I got back to Connecticut, I just used it as motivation to get better at my job, you know, to learn more, to be more knowledgeable, to round out my wine knowledge, to get better with my spirits knowledge. And, you know, so here I am now five years later and, you know, while I wouldn't consider myself an expert, I'm pretty damn good at my job and I'm pretty damn knowledgeable when it comes to, this stuff. So I use it as motivation. It all worked out, but not everybody does it that way. Yeah, dude. Fucking Keith Millen cut me from the fucking JV baseball team my freshman year in, in fucking high school. Okay. And uh, I use that fucking as motivation. Well, that's why you played to, college baseball, baby. Yeah, just for fun. Just to say, <laughs> I just to say it. Um, no, it's cause I was too fat. Yeah. You were a chunker back in the day. Uh, yeah, dude. Fuck man. Well, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, you know, you got some cool shit coming up, right? Um, you're going up to Maine. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a blast. Um, going up to Maine next, next month. And then, then for me, man, it's the holiday season, October, November, December, the three busiest months of the year. I make like 40% of my annual income in those three months. So it's going to be, um, going to be hectic. It'll be interesting to see. What how do you, how do you, how do you prep for that? Um, like you meaning be, like, are, do you start selling shit now? Like, Hey guys. No. So, so realistically the, the plan is, is obviously when you look at it, but from a broad perspective, it's really the last six weeks of the year, right? Because it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's New Year's. Those are the three big holidays, but it's those weeks in between. So in reality, October is a setup month. October is a big month. There's a lot to sell, but it's, hey, let's make sure we get specific items ready to go, loaded up on the floor, displays, displays looking nice, all that stuff. November comes around and now you're focusing on Christmas, right? So in November, your goal is to sell in the things that are going to be big movers for Christmas. 
And then December comes and honestly, December is more just maintenance. It's more just make sure everything's good. Make sure they're not running out of stuff, making sure you're helping them, but you're not as focused as much in sell as um, you know, you're doing a lot of tastings and shit like that. It's a lot of events, a lot of charity events. Um, and all that is just sales tools to help drive sales. But, you know, mentally I have been doing this now, this will be my eighth or ninth OND, um, OND, October, November, December. Um, but it's just, you just have to be okay with giving up free time. Really? I mean, you know, we'll see what this year, it'll be interesting, but like, you know, I think last year there wasn't a single week where I didn't work six days throughout those three months. Um, you know, and a lot of those I would work Friday nights and then Saturday and all that stuff. So it is what it is, but the money's worth it. And, 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 you know, it's, it's competitive and I've gotten used to it, but it's, um, it's weird. Actually, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about. So this is, uh, officially half a year's worth of episodes that we've done. Um, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, like, wow, this is our half year anniversary. Yeah, it's episode 26 and we haven't missed a week. So it's ex exactly half a year. Um, oh, man, dude. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. In terms of doing this, does that, I guess I haven't had a chance to even think about it, but like, does that now make it to you in your mind? I guess that just made a half a year go way quicker. Way quicker. Is that? like exponentially quicker that was a half a year i mean 26 weeks dude yep. 52 divided by uh two is uh yeah i mean just think about that i i, I now i will say and this is something i mentioned i think in whatever 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 month review episode we did last um it, it it's made us both be more accountable right like we, we we talk about a lot of shit on here and we like have to hold ourselves to that standard but i think when you do that yeah it just makes the time go by faster plus you're constantly like you know i don't know about you but it's always in the back of my head like okay when are we going to record this week okay what are we going to talk about and you know you and i still talk i don't know once or twice a week before we do the show but you know it's this yeah, whole dude. Like, level of accountability that comes with it yeah, man, because, I mean, we usually start to have to figure out, you know, whether, you know, on Wednesdays sometimes, pending if we have like a, you know, a weekend obligation. Sure. Today's a Saturday, you know. We've, yep. we've what Have we recorded on a, a Wednesday, a Thursday? We recorded on a, a Thursday. Friday, a Saturday yep. and a Sunday. Yep. Yeah. So Monday and Tuesday, the only days we haven't done, which, which makes sense. You can't record a Sunday conversation podcast two days after you just release the last one. But um yeah, i mean i dude. think it it's fucking it's awesome man i'm still i'm still so glad we're doing this um man that's like a that's like a weird thing to think about i'm really see i'm happy that you're so in tune with like you know numbers and dates and history and fucking all this stuff because you know my pea-sized brain you know <laughs> i would have just been like oh episode two six you know um yeah, dude. And, and yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like crazy cool. Yeah. I mean, when you go back even further, you and I have, 
you know, obviously we talked last week about how we haven't had an actual Sunday conversation since the Sunday conversation started, but, um, you know, when we, when we first started talking, I think it was like that first Sunday of the new year. If I remember correctly, New Year's Eve was on a Friday last year. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause it was, and then, cause, cause I think Sunday was the second, uh, hold on. I'm looking right now. No. Wait, no, mon- no Monday I'm wrong. The 31st was a Tuesday. <clears throat> so that first January 5th would have been the first time, you know, the first Sunday conversation we had. And I remember just like, you know, you would text me like, what time is the Sunday conversation this week? And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to walk the dog around noon or whatever. And we would just shoot the shit. And it's funny because. And that know, I, look- I, God. I was more just going to say, I mean, it was also, I feel like we were at a, a time when I had a lot of like, I mean, questions in terms of, you know, we were working the liquor store and it was like, right. you know, we, you know, we both had, you know, I guess a very similar, you know, deal going on in terms of like, I was asking you a shitload of stuff about, you know, what to do and wines and all the like random mm-hmm. stuff, I guess. And uh, that kind of just started trigger. Tr- I feel like it triggered kind of like our, I mean, this has definitely been like a more of like, I would say like a businessy type chat, you know? Sure. We, we, you know, I feel like we started this in a sense that like, like, what are we doing to, to help ourselves, to better right. ourselves? And, and a lot of times I feel like it starts with, you know, getting in a good financial situation or whatever. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, we both have always been uh, intrigued and I guess just shit, dude. Yeah, but I think or, yeah. I think even more than that, Ben. I think it's I think it's like, and I said to you the other day, kind of in jest, but I meant it too, because um, you had sent me an Instagram story, and I said, you know, I I'm just glad I have, um, you know, a homie to go on this trip with, and meaning you, and it was something in regards to getting rich, and it's like, I I seriously mean that. I think if you do it by yourself, you can lose motivation. So having somebody that's like-minded and pushing themselves in the same direction, like forces me to try and keep up with you. And like, we're, you know, we're, our levels of investing and in, in net worth are different, but we're, you know, we're on this path together and you may see something I don't see. I may see something you don't see. And like, we help each other out in that sense. And like, you know, even if nothing ever comes to the Sunday conversation podcast, it's just like the fact that the camaraderie you and I have built in the common goal that we're, you know, moving towards in our, in our own ways. Like, I mean, that in and of itself has made the last, you know, six months worth of Sundays worth it um, or weekends worth it, whatever. Um, and the other thing about I, it is that like, it's kind of amazing. I, we haven't missed a single episode either. Totally. That is amazing. But I also just, I want to pop back to what you were saying. Aaron, after starting this and like, you know, some of the biggest, you know, people, meaning like business moguls in our lives have had multiple like bankruptcies. You know what I mean? What this has almost taught me is that if, you know what I mean? It went back to zero for me. I think I would be completely confident in just fucking getting back at it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know? You can only literally there's only one thing to do and it's just to like to do almost, you know what I mean? It's like, you can just sit and sulk and bitch and, and, you know, 
end up in a category like the rest of 80% of America, or you can fucking just fucking pitter patter, get back at her and fucking, you know, do it again. But that's the thing. I think if you got someone holding you accountable, if you're, you know, um, diversified and, you know, your portfolio and, um, you're also living life and realizing that it's not all about fucking that. I think you can make, you know, some significant leaps and bounds rather quickly. I mean, it's, dude, it's, it's that old expression. You know, if you look around the people in the room that you're in and you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like, and that's, and that's just the fact, you know? Hey, my favorite little new one I saw recently, it was, uh, your network is your net worth. Oh, Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, that's real good. But, and it's fucking true, man. And I'm glad, you know, outside of you, I'm glad that, you know, my friend group for the most part has, has all been, you know, starting to wake up and, you know, look to the future too, the same way you and I have. So it's nice that, you know, we've kind of built this circle, uh, just, you know, and I'll just one more thing, cause we're, we're going a little long here, but I started to do what you what you've done and done in the past and unfollowing people on Instagram that I just I just don't care what they're you know the path that they're on is not the path that I'm on I don't care about the content they post so I've just unfollowed them and people may think that's callous or harsh but you know what I, I think it's it's better off that way Yeah well hey I'll just be frank um for me it's the it's the kids dude Dude you can't you like if your kid isn't old enough to fucking say that he doesn't want to be on Instagram, probably maybe you don't need to fucking bombard me with your kid. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to clip um, that and make that an Instagram post. But all right, let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. Subscribe, yeah, rate, review. Uh, as, and I think we talked a week or two ago about, um, new stuff coming on Instagram. I chopped a bunch of clips up this week. Um, so we'll have some new Instagram content coming. We're going to try and do a little bit better job with that. And, uh, yeah, man, we're just going to keep cruising along here. Thanks again to everybody who kind of has stuck around with us through this whole thing and, and, uh, you know, continues to listen because, um, you know, we've evolved and I think it's gotten better, but you know, who knows? It's still fun for us to do after six months, but anyways, Benny, great chat, pal. Love you. Love you, man. We'll see you.